You're listening to the Deadly Uncle Podcast. A safe space for Deadly Uncle Conversations. All right, everybody. I hope you're ready for a great episode. We've got Garth Lacombe, and Garth works with Bantero. If you want to check out more information about his men's circle, check out Bantero, and they'll have the information there on how you can join uh, to be a part of that. So stick around because it's going to be a great episode. Lots of great info coming up. You know, just, yeah, give us a little intro on who you are. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, like, like I said earlier, I shared with you guys, you know, where I was born. I was born in St. Paul, Alberta. And, um, you know, I, I'm the youngest of seven and spent about four years in St. Paul before we moved to Edson for a year. And then my dad got transferred to, to Slave Lake. And, and that's where I grew up. Um, you know, again, the youngest of seven. So, was teased a little bit by my, my siblings and stuff who I love dearly and I know they love me but I mean it's just you know I guess I'm related to sometimes it's called the, the Indian humor you know yeah. um, that we <laughs> yeah. grew up with but I mean it, it did have an effect on me you know yeah. so um, from there going to school I remember myself uh, in Slave Lake growing up and just being a kid you know just a little bit carefree and then uh, and then getting bullied and becoming the bully and then that whole process played out throughout my young life and, and, and into my adulthood and um, you know it caused a lot of chaos for me and you know, made a lot of enemies and luckily I had uh, I had also had a bunch of good friends too so um, there was a balance but uh, you know I at I think 30 I got married had my first child uh, 31 32 got divorced and everything prior to that played a, played a part in that happening so uh, met my second wife and we were we were pretty much done our relationship as well you know we had a son together and at that point when you know we thought we were done we we kind of were given a mulligan from a friend of ours to take part in these workshops um which in these workshops you know it was, it was like a, a big healing sharing circle and we did that for 10 years my wife and i and um within those 10 years you know we saved our marriage we became better parents and uh you know, the thing that I really found out in these workshops early on is that there was about um, 97, 98% uh, women to about 3% men. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, that's that's all over the world. That's in, the, in our communities. It's, you know, our women are doing the work. And, um, you know, it's not to say they don't have stuff to work on, but they're doing that. You know, yeah. so for me, doing that for 10 years and over 100, 125 uh circles of just primarily working with women um, which I'm really grateful for uh, early on I made a, a commitment to myself that you know it, what I needed to do is is to create spaces for men to do the work and uh, you know I started my own company with uh, two guys and it was nothing to do with any of this kind of work and you know it failed but we learned and then uh that was in, in those 10 years that I was doing all this work on myself and on my marriage. And, um, you know, it just it kind of fell in my lap that, uh, that a good friend of mine who I've done work with at Bantero um, just kind of led me to the position I'm in there now. And then that's working with men and fathers. Right? So from there, it went one-on-one and then just really presenting the healing and sharing circle to, to my manager and supervisor. And they saw the significance and you know the the worth in it and so that's what i've been doing for the last two years and you know like we spoke earlier about the pandemic um as soon as i started running the circles uh the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. and so we had to move online um 
which at first was challenging because my first goal at actually facilitating healing circles was online. I just said it. Sorry, I just said it. Right moment I was working at Morning Fire Protector when you started those online healing uh, circles, yeah. and I was trying to get some of my clients to take part. They never did, I don't think. But yeah. uh, we had gotten the email of which we Now, see, now it's like I was trying to figure out where I heard your name before. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. I had a you know, mental <laughs> breakthrough there. So no, that's the squirrels. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's about, though, right? It's, I mean, we're starting to put the, the piece of. Uh, the pieces together and the puzzle together so um so we went online and, and we started a tuesday night um, a healing circle on zoom and we had anywhere from five to 17 guys join weekly yeah. join weekly so we started another one on thursday afternoon and we had anywhere from three to eight nine guys join and at one point after about a year and a half you know i I asked the question i said so do you guys want to do these by weekly no no we want to keep it going right yeah um and I wasn't surprised because just creating a space for guys to share and talk and support each other um, was huge. And it's you know, amazing. luckily with Zoom and, and being able to do it online is we we're you know we're getting guys from Vancouver, Kelowna, Saskatchewan, Calgary, and uh, you know fast forward to where we are now. Do you think like just real quick? Do you think yeah. that was that made it easier for some men to take part? It was on Zoom because they didn't have to be in the room, they didn't have to show their feelings in person. Yeah, you know, like I, I don't know, I was just thinking. No, that's bang on. You hit the nail on the head, and then that's exactly what it was. So when I when I run a, a healing circle, a sharing circle, um, it's not about you guys have to show up. You guys have to share. Sometimes it's just listening. So guys would turn their camera off, and they might be playing games. They might be listening. They might not want it to to show you know emotion. But the important part is is that they're there. You know, and that's cool. That's that's all we needed, and we all respected that. You know, so you're 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 bang on. I mean, it's and it made it so much easier. So now that we're able to meet in person again, yeah. Um, the guys from out of town, the first question they're asking is, "What about the groups online?" Yeah. So again, you know, we kind of talked to my manager and, and supervisors, and within our organization, they said, "You know what? We're still reaching people. This is a resource." That's not taken away. Yeah. Yeah. So thankfully we've been able to do that, you know, and it's it's still kind of running. So that's that's a So how can uh, men join for for our men that are listening right now? How can men join your, your group? Yeah, so they can they can either call Bentero um online. We have uh you know, you can go on Facebook and there's a, a Kekoswin family resource network, you can call the number and you know, you can register there. And uh yeah, it's, it's, it's as easy as that. And again, it's, uh, you know, so there's some programs and stuff where they say you have to show up three, four times or else you're out of the group. Yeah, no, we don't work that way. Oh, it's, beautiful. It's show up when you can. And, and if you can show up, whether it's one week or one month or two months, just know that you're still with us, you know, yeah. and, and just not even, you know, some guys go out of town for work. Yeah, yeah, and, and they can't. They just can't do it. They're tired, especially yeah. Alberta. <laughs> yeah, and, and then every once in a while, I'll get an email and they'll say, "Hey, sorry, I couldn't make it, and I really wanted to, but I'm tired." The fact that they're emailing, the fact that they're reaching out saying they can't make it, they're thinking about it. Yeah, yeah and and that's, sure. that's they're still in the space. Yeah, you know, so that's that's a good thing. Is that you know we we want to make it easy for guys to join and show up and, and not feel bad when they can't. So when you were growing up, was it hard for you to find? Uh, men's groups or or any of those things did you find any or did you look no didn't look you know i, I grew up and um as you guys know i grew up in slave lake and so there was just there was hockey there was junior hockey there was baseball and that's all i did that was the men's group that was the that group, sports right? teams and, and that's true yeah, right and i yeah. had some really good mentors and, and fathers 
um, coach these teams. But uh, one one point I always make to some of the guys that play sports with was that in all the practices through baseball and hockey and throughout our, our life growing up, did you ever remember the coaches pulling us aside and say, how's everybody doing? Yeah. What's going on, you guys? You know, I played hockey when I was 17, and I experienced yeah. some of the most racism in my life. Yeah. Hockey. yeah. In Red Deer, Alberta, of course. Yeah. And it was, it's a really Caucasian town, yeah. you know, yeah. in all the communities that we played in central Alberta. So, I mean, yes, there were definitely good people in minor hockey, minor sports that helped, but they never really... Most people didn't care what you felt like mentally. Yeah, you just know, if you had a problem, basically. if you're if you're acting out on the ice, you know, just yeah. walk it off. Just you know, it like, like yeah. you know, tough kids don't cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and and as I'm sure you guys both experienced, some really good men. Yeah, you know that that help us all grow up. Yeah. But they don't know what they don't know either. Yeah, you know, yeah. so you know, maybe that's why. And it's probably for sure that's why they didn't sit, sit us down and you know maybe one practice every month say. How's everybody doing? What's going on at school? What's going, you know? And then as a group, you can sit sit and look across from each other and go, "Hey, someone's having a tough time. Go easy on them. You know, yeah. kids, can yeah. be, kids can be cruel, but yeah. most importantly, get, having a space to talk. Yeah, you know. And yeah. and the amount of and the reason I bring up sports and and practice is because the the amount of times we're together. Yeah, that's just a time when we're together. You know. Yeah. And I bring the school aspect into it. I just I just read it. Uh, a school here for a bunch of kids and the first thing I did is I, I got us in a circle you know and you know daycare kindergarten we're always like let's get in a circle let's get in a group let's read how's everybody doing grade one comes and we're all looking forward yeah yeah you know, the beauty of the school I went to today is that they had a space to, to, to do a reading to do circles right but not every place has that so yeah. from a young age could you imagine if, if we all got to sit in a circle or sit in a space and, and just check in how's everybody doing you know, how, what's going on for you guys? And then, you know, you want to put a, a, a real dent in bullying? Yeah. Give, give give our kids, especially, a space to where they can share. Just yeah. naturally. Yeah. You know, and, and we'll understand, get an opportunity to understand each other better. Yeah. So. Well, for some of our men that maybe don't know or never been to a sharing circle, can you explain it a little bit? Explain the process and what, what happens so people maybe feel more comfortable coming somewhere if they knew what was happening yeah 100 because it is you know it's it's a circle and a space with other people can be really intimidating yeah. and the one of the few things that i say in the beginning is that um it can take you your first sharing circle or it can take you two years um to where you even say your name share your name and, and i have what's called a what i learned what i was taught from my teacher Henri is that uh, there's a thing called test for safety so when somebody shares something with us so let's say a spouse for example and we laugh or we respond with uncomfort or whatever make a joke out of it we fail their test for safety right but if we create that space and just listen and and be present for them we pass their test for safety so one of the things i like to say about a sharing circle is that it's on your own time if you can show up so just the fact that you're there you don't need to say anything until you're ready right you can just listen and many people have a hard time with listening so when you hear a story, and as you guys know, with our indigenous culture, story is huge. Sharing circle, story, right? And when you get to understand what, what's going on for other others in the circle, it makes it so much easier not to judge and to have compassion and to, and to have that. And we've all said this, geez, I thought that was just me, right? Well, that like combined energy, I think, coming together, you know, everybody's yeah. energy together. Yeah. It moves people. Like, I've been in a few circles in my time, and you're right. 
it's the majority is women. And you see people sitting there and you see their, their, uh, like the way they hold themselves and stuff, it changes as the circle goes on. Like people are closed off, you know, they're yeah. like this. And then some of them may not even really want to be there, but they're there for work or whatever. And then as they, as the time goes and people open up, people start to, you know, some people start to cry. Some people yeah. start to comfort people. It's like, it's about just being able to, to share what's, what's wrong. Yeah, with yeah. your life right, right at this moment and yeah. a lot of people don't understand that letting that out would help so much with anxiety depression and all those things that we silently suffer from as yeah. men yeah. Yeah. and we like, hold it in yeah yeah sure I, I totally agree and you know I, the circles that I've been to as well like for I don't know more and, and all those things that had started up and it was like myself and maybe two other men that we're in the circle, there's like 40 or 50 women, and also being a musician and seeing the, the difference between uh, even in education, uh, performing in a post-secondary education and seeing about 35 to 40 women graduating to about 10 to 15 men. So there's a big, uh, you know, there's a big lopsided there. And I think it all has to do with us not being able to express ourselves and, you know, and, and finding out what is healthy masculinity? Yeah. What is healthy masculinity? Because we're in a time right now, it seems like when you show any sort of masculinity, you're angry or you're, or any sort of passion. It's, it comes off as anger. And maybe that's not what it, what it is. It's, it's a passion inside of us. And it's knowing how to put out that healthy uh, masculinity. But yeah. I think it's important for our men to have. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's important, you know. So when we go into a circle, we're going to go into a space where there's a little bit of anxiety happening. We're going in here, yeah. right? But we do what you said. As soon as somebody starts sharing and somebody's willing to be that person, then all of a sudden it goes from here to here. Yeah. Right? We have a gap that we need to fill that. You know, we need that flow to where we go in. And, yeah, we might have a, a fear, but if, as soon as we get here, it's just naturally. Yeah. We start to want to share. We start to want to support. We want to be of service. Right, and that's what a circle provides. Yeah, you know, and that, and, and it's it's nothing that I do. I'll pass anything that any gifts that I've been given as far as knowledge and and any kind of healing. I'll pass that through. But I take part in the circle as, as a participant. Yeah, you know? yeah, I facilitate. But I mean, it's it's a gift to me to be able to share, and and I'll never expect anybody else to to do or say or share anything that I won't. You know, yeah. and and as soon as that happens, the circle just takes care of itself. Yeah, it does. It does. You know. And even doing this process uh, is healing for me. Yeah, you know, like I've I've learned so much from the from the process of of dealing with this and uh, you know dealing with our own emotions. You know, like because we are taught, you know, don't cry, don't show your emotions, and that type of thing. So it's it's really nice to be able to sit with you and sit with so many other men that are doing positive things in our community and heal. This yeah. is this is a shared circle yeah. right here around this is between it. the three of us. Yeah. I, I totally believe so. I'm, I'm glad to share that out with the with with the community here yeah. with with the podcast. Yeah, one percent, one percent through an expression of art. To you know, it's nice that uh, you know Trent came up with this idea. To yeah, have absolutely. This, you know, yeah. through music first, and now you know we we've, we've come into this. Uh, you know, hopefully. 
starting events collective together you know all of us yeah. everybody that's on this show and around everywhere yeah. we could start something yeah. together yeah and, and trent had the question you know like what, what, what do we do to make that happen and this this is part of it yeah you know I, i've got a lot of good connections and and amazing men in my life and in you know that they have podcasts they they're all in the community they're spreading the word but for me it's about doing the work yeah. having those places where we can go yeah you know everything's needed the the, the um, all the Facebook and all everything that everybody else is on but where do we go yeah it's you know because we've got to change that narrative that where, where do men go yeah. let's create a space for them but the powers of be need to hear this too and the people that are funding the programs in the inner city need understand that you're not going to stop homelessness yeah. by ignoring men's issues that's so right like yeah 90 i can't say the actual percentage but a huge percentage of people that are living rough on the streets are dealing with undiagnosed mental health issues and a lot of them because they're so hard to house they just get left there get left and forgotten yeah. by our community yeah. it's our job to try and find ways to not forget these people because yeah. they're suffering from intergenerational trauma they're suffering from so many different things and they self-medicate with addictions and that's just a symptom of what's happening with them and we need to realize that and approach them with compassion absolutely yeah 100 you know and it's and again i'll go back to that that whole mindset of you know the the percentage of women to men who are doing the work you know we can take that number and we need to look at it we need to i call it a societal ego thinking that it can't be as simple as just to give a space to men to talk yeah, you need people who can facilitate and, and, and run these spaces and stuff. But society, I, I believe, is that they think that it can't be that simple. Yeah, but it is. You it know? is. Unfortunately, yeah. and I'm, I'm a straight talker, man. I, I right from the hip is that is I believe that us men, we're behind the eight ball when it comes to to doing that love, having that level of healing. And women are so much further ahead. And, and oh yeah, and and yeah. I praise that. But the thing is, is that if they're ahead, then we're way behind. So what yeah. what do we do when we need to learn the walk? Yeah. One step at a time, and we got to start from the beginning. That beginning is just creating spaces to do the work. You know, we have counselors, we have psychologists, and God bless them. But we all know how backed up they are. Yeah, how hard it is for some people to want to go there and to pay. Yeah, yeah, and then to to and then you have to first get to the point of can I ask for help? Yeah, as a man. But somebody's healing journey has to start somewhere, and it's more comfortable. I would. You know, a group of your own peers than yeah. going to some nameless doctor immediately. And, yeah. You know, feeling that you're being judged as you get there. Yeah. Right? And I think like through these circles that you're you're putting on, men are healing through other men's testimonies. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. And they're finding answers through other men that have been there. Or hey, I didn't I didn't know you were going through this, brother. Yeah. I was going. I thought I was yeah. the only one, right. but you know. So yeah. those things are. Are, are totally amazing and, yeah. and I applaud you for that and we're definitely gonna join one of your sessions yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, you know coming up in the future and you know creating these spaces also like one of the things that I'm asking all of my guests uh, that, that that are coming on uh, to the show is you know what do you think about having a space kind of like have you ever heard of Paul makers I don't know if you've ever heard of how makers Paul makers yeah so like a space like that um but for not a treatment center but just an inner city place for people to pray yeah for indigenous people to have to pray kind of of like a church or 
like a mosque or somewhere that's safe for indigenous people to pray. Um, yeah, what did, what's your thoughts on that? Culture, ceremony. And, and again, you know, I, I don't find myself or, or see myself as a, as a cultural teacher because I'm still learning about my own culture. I'm Métis and, and I have, you know, I'm blessed to work at a place like Bentero. Um, but I'm in the very beginning, but I 100% agree, you know, culture and ceremony and, and story, story. Stories. Sharing is is so healing, you know, yeah. and, and a place to go so we can do that. And, and not always to fix somebody's addiction or heal somebody. Yeah. Just a place for, for them to go and be supported and have elders and, and knowledge keepers there where, you know, they can just do that for yeah. them, you know. And yeah. maybe their addiction is over here and they're dealing with it this way, but just a place to go. Yeah. A place to be, to know that they're supported and not judged. Yes. You know, yeah, just for sure. And embraced. Somewhere where they feel like they belong. Yeah. Because so many people leave their home communities and come to the city and then they just get lost in the shuffle because they don't know yeah, there's where no to go find yeah. people that are productive necessarily. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like good friends instead of bad friends or whatever, right? Yeah. So I was talking to my teacher Henri and he had, you know, graced graced my group that I run um, by being there and help facilitating and, and giving some teachings and I spoke to him after and I said I just haven't found out why this is going well. You know, why are you yeah. guys showing up? And, and 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 again, anybody who knows me, I get emotional because this is this is my passion. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's it truly is. And and he said, Garth, he goes, every one of us deserves when we come into this world, we deserve to go into a family that is loving, supportive, safe, and and just lifts us up. And that's what a healing circle, that's what a group does. Is that it, it gives us that level of family where we're not judged where we're supporting, like you said, where we have that peer support, where we're learning from each other and we're lifted up and, and, and that's what a circle does for me. And he said, that's, that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's true. It's, it's like a family that's where we get that, right? And nobody's there to, to tear us down. Yeah. And that's a good way to explain intergenerational trauma to people too. Like that's what they did to our families is they tore them down. Yeah. Like we didn't have those safe spaces. We didn't have that loving environment. Well, some of us did, but not all of us because they didn't, they were taken away from their families. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't, in Canada don't really understand. They, you know, don't, they don't understand know. what it's like for you know a five year old to be taken away from their mother and not brought back. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Or ever come back. You know, yeah. like they just don't understand what that kind of trauma does to generation after generation. And I mean, it needs it needs to be addressed. There needs to be spaces. And you're doing great work, man. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's a, I mean, a bunch of us are. You know, it's, and that leads me to a. I remember uh, an elder I was watching on YouTube, and, and forgive me because I don't remember his name, but he brought up such a huge point that it's still with me every day, is that what happened when they took our children and all these children away um, is they took thousands upon thousands of, of future elders and knowledge knowledge keepers out of the equation. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So, you know, like I was telling yeah. you the other day, I like to be positive. I don't like to attack. Yeah. Um, what I tell our young warriors, our young men who are just coming in, and, and some of the guys who are middle-aged and young like me, <laughs> I, I tell them is that yeah. there's there's voids that we need to fill. Yeah, and, you know we've all struggled, but we need to step up. And yeah, all because all these all these young ones were taken. That's that's a whole generation of knowledge keepers and elders that we don't have. Yeah, and we need to step into that. And there's opportunity. Yeah. you know we may have failed in school. We may have been caught in addiction. Uh, we may have had unhealthy relationships, but let's leave that in the past and, and let's start taking up um, some of these spaces to where we can do our own healing and, and creating 
um, spaces for our younger generation to come. Yeah. And that actually leads me to another comment and stuff we've been talking about the other day about that very thing about being able to put things in the past for yeah. some of our men, like people that are have gone to prison yeah. for bad things and they're trying to now reintegrate themselves in the community. How is it how is that possible for something like I'm not saying it's not possible, but it seems for a lot of them that it's not possible to get involved in community organizations, especially if they've had like a history of sexual assault or something. You know, and they're trying to turn their lives around. Yeah. So like, it's just a question that we've, we've been situation. talking about in private, yeah. you know, like really because we've seen other organizations have this issue with people and stuff, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I experienced a little bit about a story like this, and if you guys want, anybody wants to go on Facebook and just touch base on uh, the Bandero site and just have a listen to our, our executive director, Cheryl Whiskey Jack. Um, you know, she tells a story about a guy kind of in that similar situation and how our organization was his place to heal and, and to just get that daily support to move forward. And unfortunately, the story didn't end well because of COVID and, and in relation to his story. But, um, you know, to answer your question is that we just need to create those spaces and not every organization, not every person is going to be able to, to deal with that. But there are strong people and healed people who are, you know, have expertise and, and just have a place in themselves that they can provide those spaces for those guys. And, and they'll yeah. get it. You know, it's, it's hard. It is. But it is we've got to do it. We just got to, it's like, yeah. hey, we're talking. we got to create spaces. Well, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah. it's a conversation too, because who knows, you know, what that person could could do after yeah. they serve their time. I'm not advocating for anybody yeah. in particular no, no. or anything, but what but I'm saying is like yeah. you have to give people a second chance. Like people do things from a point of trauma most of the time in our community. They're lashing out because of addictions or all that other stuff. So when when do we as a community feel safe to accept them back in as like yeah. functional members of the community? Yeah. I would love to have like a, a huge discussion like this with a huge panel with elders, everybody involved and say, yes, how do we integrate these individuals back into our community events yeah. safely for the person who may be the victim and then safely for the man who is now recovering yeah. as well. Safety for the full community because Right now, I can tell you, I threw out an event that was affected by this exact situation because there was a member, I won't name any names or groups, but there was a, a member from a group, a men's group, that was going to be showing up uh, to one of my screenings. And I had a woman's drum group that was going to come in. And because this guy was, uh, you know, had people in his group that were related to sexual assault, they didn't feel like they were safe in that environment so you know these are our hard discussions that we're having and like you said we're learning in the moment you know it's just like you know elders talking about um, you know because some some people believe that you should be sober for four days before you touch medicines right which i can see works for alcohol but it sure doesn't work for the drugs and the community that we're dealing with now. Yeah. You can't ask somebody who's on meth to, to last four days. Yeah. It's just, and when this was made up, the four day rule, 
is when alcohol was the major drug. But now that we've evolved into where it's hard to ask somebody in one hour to be sober, they should have access to these medicines. Because those medicines might save them that night. The smell of sweetgrass might have saved them that night. You know, so they should have access to that. And I think that, you know, it, it, it will evolve and it has to evolve because we have new drugs and new addictions. Yeah. And there are, you know, there are certain safe spaces, like certain people that run ceremony that don't have, you know, that those stipulations. Yeah. Yeah, I think you just have to seek them out. But if you're working with the inner city population, you really want to heal people. That's an unrealistic goal for them to, to attain to just so they can take part in say a swim, yeah, yeah, you know, because yeah. they're living to survive, you yeah. know, like, and if you want to help them survive, medicine is going to help them survive. Yeah. You know, maybe making them, smell. making them yeah. feel, you know, even less a part of what you're doing. It's not going to help them survive. Yeah. You know? well, I mean, if, if somebody needs medicine and they ask for medicine because they're sick, we give it to them. Yeah. Right. So I, yeah. I, I was taught both ways and, and I'm glad I was taught both ways because so much, I had the opportunity to work at with a cult or ventural cultural team at the Bissell Center, and I had people coming in who were under the influence and asking if they could smudge, and um, you know there would be people in the room saying no, not when you're using it, and because I was taught that if somebody's asking for medicine, it might just be that one time where they look at you and, and you're there to support them, yeah. that they go thank you, and and that happened numerous amount of times. Yeah. You know, and I, same thing to respect those who don't believe that. That's cool. Exactly. I wanted, I wanted to go back to the to the question, Chad, that you asked is, how do we help these people who are incarcerated then, and regardless of their you know offenses and stuff like that, how do we create spaces? Well, let's take a step before that, right? If we're not willing to go into these spaces, you know, in our and we live in society and we're doing, if we're not willing to go to healing and sharing circles and spaces to to take care of our own own stuff yeah. then how can we create spaces for those who may have committed some crimes that we don't agree with or that's you know if we if we're not doing that yeah why you know how can we you know we can't put the cart before the horse you know we got, we got to lead by example we're out here we're doing yeah. it we're creating those spaces how do we do that well we got to create them first and maybe the people that are questioning whether they should be allowed are the ones that are in need of healing you know, yeah. like the way you just explained that, yeah, just made yeah. that like click yeah. in my head yeah, like 100%. that. So it's like, yeah, 100%. you know, yeah. it is yeah. a conversation, but it is a conversation that may wake some people up. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's that whole mindset is that, you know, when we point the finger, yeah. how many are pointing back? Yeah. You know, we expect yeah. people to heal, we expect people to be better, but okay, yeah. well, let's, when we do that, that's a level of projection and judgment. Yeah. And we all know, you know yeah, if you're going to judge it. somebody else, you better judge yourself first. What yeah. do I need to work on? What do I need to heal? Where do I need to go to be part of creating these spaces? Let's yes. not open that Pandora box on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> right? But yeah, no, it is true. It's it's about creating those spaces for everybody to heal, um, you know, for everybody to feel safe, you know, uh, you know, speaking about uh, respecting each other's belief systems and ways. I, I This uh, movie that I put out this year, called They Found Us is about, uh, you know, unmarked graves on my reserve that, that, that have been started from the 215 in Kamloops. And, you know, there was, there, there's a, there's still a really uh, touchy, touchy subject when it comes to belief systems on reserves. And particularly on my reserve, George Gordon's First Nation, 
there's a lot of people that are born again Christians or, uh, you know, uh, whatever, Catholic and, and then traditional. And a lot of times they don't get along. But uh, one of the things that I do on my flute is I play a traditional song and then I'll play like Amazing Grace on it, you know, and say like, my brother's a born again Christian person. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I, I may have got that wrong, but born again something, I'm not sure exactly. But, and I believe in traditional ways, but we can all sit together. And I think that that's an example of, of we can all come together in our communities, you know, yeah. no matter what our past had said, it's it's time for us to come together, you know, it's yeah. time for our, our men to come together, and, you know, in a physical sense, you know, I know that the drum has brought men together, you know, uh, and Curtis was talking to us yesterday about a, a drum group that he's starting for men. Yes. And so it'll be nice to 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 join that and, and be a part of that, you know. But it's it's just, you know, finding that, uh, finding what can get a bunch of men together in the same room, yeah. right? Physically, yeah. like you said, it's, it's it's uh it's a little easier to get them to join online because they're they're not so intimidated to come in person. So Boost uh, Me would bring me. Yeah. <laughs> Boost, Boost Me and a trove and what else? What else? Yeah. yeah. Bunch of men together in the same I, I was just thinking for a second, Kurt's like, we're gonna join your group and then Curtis is something. <laughs> have any free time this yeah. starting me up for all these things yeah right we're gonna be <laughs> you know and i go back to that whole whole thing you know like you can join a group but you don't have to show up every yeah. single time you yeah. know your energy is going to be there something you might share in a group can last for a long period of time just yeah. from what you share you know and then maybe you show up two months down the road or whatever it is you know it's about supporting each other and getting it happening everywhere just creating spaces you know, we all got elders, we all got friends that, that teach us and help us um, along the way. So we just, it's about putting those gifts that we were given from each other and bringing those to certain groups, certain places. Yeah. You know, the, one of the best teachings that I ever, and it was something I read, and I can't remember the doctor's name of that names, but he said, you know, what, a, for example, with the sharing in the healing circle, what it provides yeah, yeah. Is, is a place for us to be our own doctor. Because we know our own story. We know what we've got to work on. And we just need a place where we get to practice that. Yeah. And we do that through sharing with each other. Yeah. You know, and just in that circle. And that's why circle just takes it just takes care of itself. Yeah. Yeah. And and that is beautiful. And even a space, a drum group. You know, yeah. when we when there, when there's a drum, what yeah. it's a circle. Yeah. Like the kids I read to this morning, I said, you know, there's a teaching, you know, what's what's the shape of the sun, the moon, the earth, it's yeah. all you know, and it's it's balance or drum. It's balance. Yeah. Right? It's a quality. Yeah. And and that's what a sharing circle is, is all of a sudden, like like Trent said, is you go from this to one, <laughs> wow. We're all the same? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. And yeah. then then now it's like, okay, I can I can take the, the armor off little little by little. Yeah. And then yeah. It, Open and yourself it, up. Yeah. And then once you get a, a circle of and a group of people who are doing that, you have balance. Yeah. You know, you have music. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. Right on. Yeah, no, it's it's beautiful, the work that you're doing. And, uh, you know, this is why we do this podcast, is to celebrate our men, celebrate uh, men that are doing positive things in the community that are moving forward. And so I just want to, one last thing for myself anyway, I want to ask you is, 
what is your plans for the future? What do you see? What's a what's a goal for you? It's just to continue doing this. You know, I so many times, including myself, when when I have a great experience in in, in a sharing circle, I, I you know I, I want to say, oh, now we need to do this. Now we need to do this. And 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 so many times, the guy, you know, a lot of the participants, they'll say, oh, Garth, we have to do this. And I just say, you know, I I honor that, and I, and I love your enthusiasm, but. Let's do this really good first. Yeah. Let's not put that cart before the horse. Let's just create spaces and let's just do this really good first. Yeah. Let's create that foundation, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a circle, whether it's a drum group. Let's just get really good at this. And then it goes back to that mindset of that test for safety. If it's if it's if we get really good at doing this, I can't remember is it Noah's Ark or they will come. Yeah, very just yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> just yeah. let's get really good at this. So yeah, what I see is just that. I, I just one day at a time. It's just let's get really good. I want to just get really good at what I'm doing because there's so much learning I need, and I just didn't want to wait until I figured I, I could teach somebody. And then who knows what tomorrow brings on? So just day by day, let's do this really good. Let's just keep creating spaces, creating opportunities. Let's just keep making it happen. And and you know that's what it is for me. It's and it's hard because we want to do more, right? Yeah. More, more enthusiastic. We, you know, we see so much potential, but again, it goes back to what's going to make them come. Well, I want to know. I need to trust her. I need to trust Trent, yeah. Curtis, Garth, whoever it is. Let's create a space where people can come and trust us. Yeah, like, and let's do that really good first. I, I want. Uh, see, I can talk. The only thing that I want to ask is, can you do a quick recap? Your name, who you work for. When when you facilitate your circles, just so everybody can hear one last time before we go on. Yeah, so so my name is is Garth Lacombe. Um, born in St. Paul, raised in Slave Lake. Um, been a, a citizen of Edmonton for the last nineteen years. Um, I've been blessed to, um, you know, get a position with the Bendero Traditional Healing Society, working with men, working with fathers, um, and which has led to working with men, women. Sometimes children, like today, reading with them. Um, Which mouse? I'm that inner child, right? Um, and, and that's what I do. So I, I facilitate and, and partake in, in healing and sharing circles. For and you have a weekly men's circle? Yeah, we have a, a Tuesday night on Zoom and a Thursday afternoon in person. So right now, um, you know, I was, I was just in an accident in June, so I'm just starting to get back into the office and hopefully getting things running and rolling again. But... Call Bantero, and they'll direct you to how to register for, for our groups. And, and Sweet. Yeah, and the rest is history. Just show up, join us once, join us twice. And there's some guys who have been along for the ride for the last two and a half years. So, awesome. Well, big shout-out to Bantero. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, the work that you all are doing over there for men and women in the, the full community, and we're in full support. And if you ever need a band, me and Trent have a band. That's right. <laughs> Christmas season is coming, so we got a Christmas party. <laughs> we'll come sing Jingle Bells for you. Yeah, yeah I'm not the band, though. But... <laughs> all right, thanks, Garth. That was You're listening to the Deadly Uncle Podcast, a safe space for Deadly Uncle conversations.